I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Jake Cunningham. Welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. In this episode, we're delighted to bring you a conversation between newly multi-academy award-winning director Bong Joon-ho and one of his biggest fans, director of Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and Baby Driver, Edgar Wright. Director Bong's latest film, Parasite, recently won the prizes for Best Original Screenplay, Best International Feature, Best Director, and Best Film at the Academy Awards. And we're very excited to share this conversation, not least because we just spent an hour going in-depth on Parasites for our most recent podcast episode, which you can listen to now as well. Be warned, the conversation between director Bong and Edgar is seriously spoilery. So if you haven't seen Parasites, well, what are you doing with yourself, frankly? Go and see it immediately. For now, though, enjoy Edgar Wright and Bong Joon-ho. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I first saw this man's work um, back in 2003 with Memories of Murder, and um, it's been... uh, And I've had the pleasure to know him for the last 10 years, and uh, what I'm absolutely thrilled that, like, his uh, work just... uh, You know, he continues to surprise and uh, amazing films over the years like Snowpiercer and Mother and uh, The Host and uh, Ocha. And um, I'm so thrilled that this film won, as you probably know, won the Palme d'Or, but also this weekend in Los Angeles, I think it had the highest screen average for three years, which is incredible. Um, So please welcome straight from the plane from L.A. and slightly jet-lagged, Bong! Um, so, uh, I mean, I hope you will enjoy the movie. I saw it last night for the first time. And one of the things I think, and this is, this is, can be said of a lot of your films, but particularly with this one, it defies categorization. Oh God, I'm stumbling as well. I'm the one who's jet lagged. Defines category. Um, so, I mean, cause on, I saw in the notes that you call it a, um, a, tr- a family tragedy, a fierce tragedy comedy, but the, <laughs> But the truth of it is, is it works. As, and I tried to explain it to somebody today who hadn't seen it, and they said, and I said, well, it's a thriller, but it's like a, a satiric thriller. It's like a 
So how would you describe the movie? And also, is there, is there no wrong description of the movie? So I didn't come up with the phrase tragic comedy. That's something that the marketing team came up after very long meetings. But I don't think it's wrong. Marketing people, they always hate me because <laughs> my work is always very hard to define. But for me, it's, uh, 근데 그거는 저한테는 개인적으로는 그런 그 반응을 저는 좋아하는데, 마케팅 하시는 분들한테는 죄송한 입장이죠. 그리고 뭐, 토널 시프트라든가, 뭐, 장르 믹스처에 대해서 항상 질문을 많이 받는데, 저는 사실 잘 모르겠거든요. 내가 그걸 의식하고 그렇게 한 적은 없는데, so personally, I like that response where people don't know how to define my films. Um, it's just that the marketing team suffers. I do feel bad for them. Um, and I also receive a lot of questions on the tonal shifts and how genres mix in my films. Um, but for me, I don't really have an answer. It's always a very natural process for me. Well, I think this movie, I mean, I know that one of your heroes, like myself, is Alfred Hitchcock. I love directors, one of their heroes. And one of the things I think is particularly Hitchcockian about this movie is that it's entertaining in, in every sense. So it's entertaining when it's funny, obviously, but it's also thoroughly entertaining when things are getting bad. So I think that's something that I, I, I really feel that is one of... Um, uh, 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 a talent that you share with Hitchcock is that your films are always entertaining in, in whether it's a sort of like a a straight thriller or something with more of a comedic edge or you know or any genre the sort of like it's 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 thrilling to watch on every level 저도 뭐 어릴 때 아홉 살때 히치콕 그 사이코 봤을 때부터 뭐늘그 거의 평생 그 영화 매료되다시피 하면서 살았으니까 또 돌아가신 존 허트옹께서 이제 설국열차 촬영 중에 봉 이와 히치코키언이라고 얘기했을 때 되게 기뻤어요. 오, 저분한테 이런 말을 듣다니. So I first watched Hitchcock's Psycho when I was nine years old, and ever since I was always just so fascinated and obsessed with his films. Um, and when I was shooting Snowpiercer, John Hurt, who's now passed away, he told me, "Bong, uh, you are Hitchcockian," and I was so happy to hear that from him. Mm. For this movie, Parasite is also quite many things inspired by Alfred Hitchcock, of course. But for example, the, the house, the rich house, the stairs and the basement things. Maybe you you can remember very easily the, the, the house behind the Beach Motel, Norman Beach House. We all know the, what happened in the basement of the, that house. Maybe some young people here who never watched the psycho, so we we must not spoil. So, <laughs> so yeah, something. Yeah, so that beautiful stair sequence you remember with Martin Barsom. Oh yeah, yeah, walking and something happened there also. Yeah, <laughs> it's always very inspirational, and also the yeah, London에 와서 그런지 그 Friends라는 영화도 생각나는데. 이 영화의 클라이막스 시퀀스 이제 가든 파티에서 막 난동 그때는 그 프렌즈란 영화에서 마지막 그두 번째 살인 저지르고 카메라가 이렇게 쫙 빠져나오면 이제 햇살이 쏟아지는 그 코벤트 가든 나오는 장면이 있어요. 그런 것도 많이 생각이 나고 그랬죠. 
So since I'm in London, I'm reminded of his film Fringe,、uh, where in the climax of Parasite. Uh, 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 in the climax, in the garden party scene, you see, you know, the man coming in to, and the the disaster unfolds. And in Hitchcock's film, you have、um, after the second murder in that film, the camera sort of tracks out into broad sunlight、um, in Covent Garden. So that was a big inspiration.、Um, I love Frenzy. It's a fantastic film.、Um, now, just to、uh, there's also a, a huge element of your films.、Um, Uh, about you know、uh, class and、uh, well, was、uh, two things here actually is it's interesting to me that like sort of like your films have done very well around the world. This one seems to be touching sort of a nerve on a different level. I mean, just on the basis of how well it's doing in America right now. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and what you think the themes of class are sort of resonating <clears throat> beyond kind of South Korea. Like, 구체적이고이렇게꼬질꼬질한한국적인뉘앙스나디테일로이제한국인들만이해할수있는영화를만들어야지뭐이런마음이있었는데막상완성신켜놓고보니까너무들보편적인슬프게보편적인거죠이런이런상황이보편적이면안되는데사실한국이나미국이나영국이나뭐특히깐내에서상영했을때여러나라사람들이다이거자기네나라얘기라고근데빈부의얘기니까어쩔수없는것같아요、네 So at first, I really wanted to create a film with very specific and detailed.、Um, Uh, nuances and details that you can only see in Korea, and only Korean audiences can understand. But once the film was completed, I realized that the story is so sadly universal.、Um, and you know,、uh, it, when we screened this film at Cannes, everyone came to me and said that the exact same thing happens、um, in their own countries. And I think because it's a story about the gap between rich and poor, it's just inevitably very universal.부자가난한자이렇게이제트레인섹션별로나오고그러는데그영화도사실1980년대프랑스이제그래픽노블의바탕을둔거란말이에요그러니까그때부터지금까지어떻게보면되게불멸의주제인것같아요우리가자본주의시대를살고있기때문에그래서뭐조단필레그뭐야어스라든가고레다히로카즈뭐샤프리프터스같은것도봐도우리가뭐다서로연락해서이런거하자고뭐서로무슨얼라이언스를만든것도아닌데이렇게자연스럽게나오게되잖아요우리시대의어떤그리고베이비드라이버도사실전혀뭐무슨클라스오페어얘기는아니지만또그주인공이처해있는상황이나어떻게보면범죄집단과일하는젊은독특한노동자인거아니에요걔도So Snowpiercer, you also see the rich and poor separated in these different train sections,、um, and that film was adapted from a, a French graphic novel that was published in the 1980s. So I think it's an inevitable issue that we always explore in this era of capitalism. Recently, there was Us by Jordan Peele and Shoplifters by Koreda Hirokazu, and it's not as if we all gather to form an alliance on. On you know making these class films, it just happened very naturally as we explore our current times.、Um, and also, you know, Baby Driver. It's not about class warfare, but it's similar in that you have this working class young protagonist who works with a criminal、um, group to sort of fight his way through、um, our modern world. Well, there's a there's a line in the film that really struck me yesterday. Is when the daughter 
is answering the phone pretending to be from the management company and the father says uh, oh she's really good at this she would make a great criminal and I thought that was a really telling line because in their heads they don't see themselves as criminals would that be right? 그 정확하게 잘 짚었는데 와저 이제 대사 보면은 이제 여기 한국 관객분들은 더 정확히 아시겠지만 야 전현이 저거 사기를 쳤어도 대성할 년인데라고 하는데 사실 사기를 치고 있는 거거든요. 그러니까 이 가족들이 참그 나쁜 짓을 물론 하긴 하지만 참 귀여운 게 정당화 시키는데 아주 천재예요. 그 아들도 그러잖아요. 나 내년에 이 대학 갈 거거든요. 그러니까 뭐 서류만 좀 일찍 띈 거라고. Oh, that's you know that's a great point. Um, you know she, the the father and mother they talk about how she would have made a great great con artist, but she is actually you know pulling off a con job at that moment. Um, and so you know this family they do commit bad things, but they're also very adorable because they're almost geniuses at justifying their own actions. Even the son he talks about how he's not committing a crime. He's actually going to go to the university next year. He just only got the documents beforehand. There's a, to mention another like English uh, British reference other than Hitchcock, something that really struck me yesterday as well. I think one of the most startling scenes in the movie is the sequence after they've escaped from the house in the rain, and then they go back to their house and they just go down, 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 down. Now you've seen the two different places uh, where they live and where the rich family live, but you haven't seen them make the journey, and it keeps getting more and more subterranean. And I don't know if you like uh, another thing that struck me when I was watching that is it felt very sort of Dickensian, like from a Charles Dickens no- novel. And obviously, a lot of his books kind of deal with people like sort of going very quickly from the lower class to the upper classes. Was that ever an influence at all? Dickens 소설에 대한 얘기도 뭐 저도 들었습니다만은 저는 뭐 아무래도 소설보다는 영화에 집착하는 영화관이라 어, 히치콕이라든가 그 다음에 아키라 크로자와의 그 하이앤로우라는 영화 있어요. 일본 제목은 헤븐 앤 헬인데 거기도 보면 이제 부잣집이 언덕 위에 있고 가난한 동네들이 밑에 있고. 근데 말씀하신 그 시퀀스는 저희한테도 정말 중요했어요. 전화 촬영 감독이 되게 정말 준비를 많이 했던 씬이고요. So I did hear um, the connections to uh, Dickens's novel, but you know I'm a I'm a film nerd who's very obsessed with film. So my references were more Hitchcock and also High and Low by Kurosawa Akira, where in that film you also have this rich house on top of a hill and a poor neighborhood underneath. Um, but the sequence, the rain sequence you mentioned, was very important for this film. The DP and I really prepared extensively for it. 그러니까 부잣집과 가난한 집을 항상 이렇게 쪼개서 보여주다가 거기선 마침 일시적인 로드무비가 되죠. 빗속의 로드무비가 돼서 부잣집과 가난한 집을 정말 물리적으로 연결해버리죠. 이, 이동하는 주인공들이. 그 어떻게 보면 되게 비참하고 슬픈 일시적인 로드무비가 되는 건데 물과 함께 인물들이 아래로 아래로 내려가는 거죠. 그리고 이제 물이란 게 잔인하게도 이제 부자로부터 가난한 쪽으로 물이 흐르는 거고요. Um, so before that sequence, you see the rich house and the poor house very separately. But finally, the film sort of momentarily becomes a road movie in the rain, where the characters physically connect those two spaces, um, and it's very despairing and sad uh, as they as the characters travel down with the rain. Um, you realize that water only travels from the rich neighborhood to the poor neighborhood, and never the other way around. <laughs> 로드무비 그 부분이 이제 유일한 어떻게 보면 영화의 로케이션이에요. 영화의 90%는 사실 다 세트거든요. 부잣집, 가난한 집, 또 가난한 주변 네이버우드 그 이웃까지 다 우리가 만든 세트예요. 네. 
And that road movie sequence is the only um, scenes in the film that were shot on actual locations. Um, 90% of the bi- uh, of the film were, um, you know, we shot them on sets. The rich house, the poor house, the neighborhood surrounding the poor house, they were all sets that we built for this movie. We built the entire poor neighborhood on a giant water tank to shoot the flood sequence. I was just going to ask that. I was like, how the hell do you do that flood? <laughs> um, well, just to, uh, I've got, I want to come back to the house in a second, but before we talk about the sort of design of that, can you just talk about the conception of the story? Because I think the other thing that's incredible about this film and your other films, but this one in particular, is the script is so watertight in terms of everything that's set up is paid off. So could you just talk about writing the plot of the movie do you know where you're heading i mean you obviously know the premise but do you know the ending and like there are so many things that are sort of seeded in the first act that come back so how do you approach that as a um as a, on the story level first when i when i get very first idea of this movie around 2013 during the post-production of snowpiercer the very basic concept was infiltration one by one infiltrate to the rich house. That is the actually the first half of the movie, right? So that basic storyline of the first half uh, existed during three, four years to keep in my mind. But actual typewriting, the screenplay was 2017 autumn and winter, just four months. All this, the second half of the movie the original housekeeper ring the bell and the basement things all came that around go uh, 최후 2 3개월 동안 한꺼번에 쫙다온 거예요. 그 전까지는 사실 뒷부분에 대한 정확한 해답이 없이 앞부분만 썼던 건데 so that entire uh, second half of the film came in the last two, three months of my script writing process. It just flooded into me all at once. Before that, I didn't really have an answer on how to end this story. So I had various versions of what would happen after this family succeeds in infiltrating the rich house. Um, so after I came up with this idea of a hidden husband in the basement and uh, the story where the have-nots have to fight with each other, everything happened so fast. Um, it was like yanking potatoes out of the ground. <laughs> Actually, so in the beginning, it was a story of two family. But finally... It's actually the story of three family, but during all the marketing or can process, we try to keep it secret. Keep, yeah, keep it secret. Because, for example, the guy in the basement, the husband, he was in can, but he was always hide behind the. I, n- so, so. I, no- I noticed he's not even in the press pack. That guy. Yeah, 그, <laughs> like, 지내다가, <laughs> 그, 상영 때도 막 2층에서 구석에서 몰래 보다가 기자들 없을 때 빠져나가고 막 이랬었어요. 
Yes, so he he was constantly hiding at Cannes, even even during our official screening. He hid in the corner of the second floor and had to wait until all the reporters left for him to exist. Because his existence itself was spoiling the film. If someone asks him, oh, so what role do you play in this film? That would reveal everything about this movie. I noticed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the, in the press pack, and I think also before you were in Cannes, you had a very impassioned plea that you sent to all journalists not to reveal anything, which I, I, you know, I totally understand. I'm totally with you. But you did put, I, this is, this is your from, uh, uh, excerpt from your, a word of pleading, Bong Joon-ho, and you say, uh, Parasite is not a film that depends solely on one big twist at the end. It's clearly different from, for example, a certain Hollywood movie that sent, wait, that sent waiting audiences into a frenzy of dismay and anger when someone who'd just seen the film screamed out in the lobby, Bruce Willis is a ghost! <laughs> now, I put it to you that you've just ruined the sixth sense for people. <laughs> If anybody hasn't seen this, I've also ruined it. <웃음> 그 서울에서 옛날에 실제 벌어졌던 일이에요. 길에서 어떤 중학생애가 버스 타고 가면서 브리슬리스가 귀신이다 줄서 있는 사람들한테 근데, 에, 근데 그 얘기를 해놓고 보니까 아 식스센스 아직 안본 사람들이 있구나. 그래서 아까 내가 사이코 얘기할 때 이렇게 조심했어요. So that's something that actually happened in Seoul. <laughs> Apparently, one middle school boy was in a bus and just screamed to everyone, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Um, but yeah, I realized I spoiled the sixth sense, which is why I was so careful with Psycho. <laughs> yes, there you go. Just uh, one thing that's really interesting about the ending that really struck me is, is uh, it, it's obviously a lot more complicated. Um, it's not a straight kind of re- revenge set piece. What I love about it, and they even say this in the TV report of that, a very unusual crime, is that one a member of each family dies. So Mr. Park dies, um, the housekeeper's husband dies, and their daughter dies. So one from each number dies. So it's a tragedy for all three families. Um, so, um, the, the couple in the basement, both the housekeeper and the husband, dies, which is oh, a really yes, bad, sorry, yes, sad fate right, for them. Sorry. I, I, thought, I was thinking in the climate, but of course, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Mungang, the original housekeeper, she dies, and in the end, the father fig- uh, Kitek he buries her body um, on the on the garden next to the trees, which is a traditional practice we have in Korea. Um, and in the end, the audience uh, doesn't really see it, but a flower blooms um, on top of her grave, and among us, we called it the Mungang flower to sort of commemorate the death of that character. It's not nothing important, though. So a lot of characters die in the story and you know that's why it's a tragedy but if you think about it there aren't any villains with the poor family they were never criminals or gangsters in the first place and with the rich uh, family as well they're not your typical malicious uh, rich characters you see on screen so I think you can ask the question of well why does the story end with this horrific tragedy when there aren't any villains and I think if you reflect on that question you can sort of uh, you know uh, reach at the core of what this film wants to say well I think <clears throat> one of the scenes I'm sure everybody is very like, feels the same way about is that the turning point in the movie seems to me when the um, Mr. Park and his wife are talking on, when they're lying on the couch in their fancy pajamas <clears throat> and they talk about um, his smell crossing the line and you see kind of uh, you see you know Song Kang Hu like <laughs> sniff himself because he's not aware of it and then there's that kind of sadness that creeps in from that point that uh, as perfectly as they have managed to assimilate themselves into the family, it's the smell that stops them from truly belonging. And that seems to sort of kickstart the whole of the tragic series of events at the end. So maybe just talk about that idea and how early that came into the process. <laughs> So you're right, it is a real turning point in this film and also when um, you know you see this character sort of mentally degrading in the film. I think in real life you rarely have the opportunity uh, for the rich and poor to smell each other. So even when we, you know, even in flights, you have the first class and economy class. We go to different restaurants. Um, we just take up different, uh, you know, realms in society. But with jobs like tutoring, housekeeping, and driving, there are very unique situations where the rich and poor come so close to each other that they can smell one another. So I think this use of smell in this story is almost inevitable. So, like I said, the 
갖고 싶어 하는데 요새 되게 인위적이고 사실 그 자기 그니까 자기 그러니까 무조건 선을 긋고 그 바깥의 세계는 무시하고 싶고 뭐 없는 세상처럼 또 유령처럼 취급하는 건데 그 선을 넘고 냄새가 계속 자 들어오니까 그그 그 부자는 되게 그그 그 부자 그 남자가 가진 어떤 히스테리 같은 거였던 그게 어떻게 보면은 도화선이 되는 거죠. So, you know, Mr. Park, the rich, rich man, he constantly talks about not crossing the line. And that, that line is just very artificial. He draws that line for himself, and he wants to ignore the world beyond the line. He treats the outside world as a ghost. Um, but smell always crosses the line, and it's sort of what really motivates the history of this character. And on the other hand, it's so humiliating for our uh, poor protagonist. So it really um, serves as a lot of pressure for his psyche. Um, I want to talk about the directing of it in a second, but one more question about the writing is that uh, I was reading that, you know, that uh, part of the genesis of uh, the script was that you did shoot her like a rich kid when you were younger is that correct? So I did tutor for a very rich house uh, when I was in college but it was very common uh, among college students in my generation. 처음 부잣집 아들이 들어갈 때 상황 그 저가 제 경험 기억과 좀 비슷한 게 많이 있죠. 그집 남자 중학생애가 있었는데 저를 이렇게 2층에 사우나로 자기 집이 2층에 사우나가 있다고 되게 자랑을 하면서 프라이빗 사우나를 보여줘서 되게 놀랬던 기억이 있어요. So the scene where you see um, our young, young protagonist first enter the rich house, it's very similar to my personal memories. And I taught a middle school boy at the time, and he took me to the, their private sauna on the second floor to show, show it off. And I remember being very surprised to find a private sauna in a home. 그 집이 되게 부자라서 내가 내 친구들을 계속 그 집에 좀 소개시켜주고 싶은 그런 생각도 있었는데 시련은 안 됐죠. 두달 만에 바로 잘려가지고. So because that family was so rich, I sort of wanted to introduce all my friends into that home one by one, um, but I was not able to put it into practice because I got fired only after two months. No sauna party for you and your friends. So the boy and I shared many great conversations, which is why he never studied during our classes, which is why I was fired. Um, just to talk a little bit about how you go about designing the film because I mean uh, you know so so the this the the house is a set so have you designed it from scratch is it based on a real location have you written when you're writing the script do you draw the house you know I know that you are you know do your own storyboards as well or you you know had been a cartoonist at college or you you know you, you draw as well so do you draw whilst you're writing cool. 스토리보드 그러니까 시나리오 쓸 때는 이제 머릿속에 이미지들을 차곡차곡 쌓아놓고 그 제일 기본적인 어떤 핵심적인 이미지들 예를 들어 뭐 오리지널 하우스키퍼가 이렇게 공중부양 상태라 그래서 이렇게 장미는 그 되게 기괴한 그런 거 그린 게 있고 또 부잣집의 기본적인 동선 때문에 
내가 집을 디자인은 전혀 못하지만 어쨌든 기본적인 스트럭처만 간단한 드로잉을 미술 감독한테 준게 있고요. So when I'm writing the script, I sort of build a vault of core images that would later appear in the film. One of the images that I draw was when Moon Gwang, the original housekeeper, is sort of hovering mid-air trying to push the shelves away for the hidden door. Um, and in terms of the rich house, I basically, I had a basic structure of the house in mind because of the actors blocking. Um, of course, I would never, I can never design an actual house, but I, um, I did create a rough sketch um, and handed it off to the production designer. 이제 공간을 완전히 장악해야 된다는 좀 강박관념이 있어서 배우들한테는 편하게 해주고 싶고 인프로비제이션도 권장하지만 카메라와 공간의 관계는 되게 정확하게 좀 강박적으로 그거를 설계를 하는 편이라서 그 근데 부잣집은 세트를 짓고 있는 거니까 미리 그 공간에 가서 뭘 이렇게 사진을 찍거나 할수 없어서 그 비주얼 이펙트 팀에서 그 만들어줬어요. 부잣집 세트를 버추얼하게 미리 그 마치 그, 그 무슨 그 뭐야 롤플레잉 게임 할때 이렇게 다니듯이 제가 이제 버추얼하게 부잣집 내부를 막 다녀보면서 앵글과 이런 것들을 시뮬레이션 해볼 수 있는 그런 프로그램을 갖고서 실제 세트가 그대로 반영된 그거 갖고 또 미리 um, so I always tend to get obsessed over having complete mastery over space. With my actors, I try to make them as comfortable and free as possible, and I encourage them to improvise on set. But in terms of the relationship between the camera and space, I, I very meticulously set everything up. And because while I was storyboarding the, the rich house, they were actually just building the set. So it was impossible for me to go in and take photos. So what we did was the uh, visual effects team created a virtual model of the set. So it was like I was playing a role-playing game where I could virtually enter the house and simulate simulate various angles and camera positions. And um, the set, the virtual model that they built, was uh, a complete mirror of the actual set that we built. And that's how I storyboarded. And am I right in thinking that you, the way you shoot, is you don't shoot conventional coverage. You shoot everything. Every shot is as it is, and there is no other angle. So you are you shooting essentially in consecutive order? Don't so you do the same as I, well? I, I kind of do the same thing. Yes. <laughs> People always look at me like I'm crazy when I'm doing. <laughs> so I can sense it when I watch your films. You know, all the shots they progress so fast, but I can tell how organized and meticulous they were set up. 나도 커버리지를 안 찍는데 그래서 스토리보드대로 하지만 이제 그래서 편집 기사님 입장에서는 조금 답답할 수도 그러니까 막 이렇게 뭔가를 셔플하거나 막 여러 가지를 해볼 수 있는 기회가 별로 없죠. 그래서 그렇지만 또 그렇게 찍어진 장면 내에서 또 뭔가 편집 기사랑 같이 고민하면서 또 새로운 또 창의적인 뭔가를 해볼 틈은 그래도 남게 마련이니까. 네. So, um, you know, I don't shoot conventional coverage. I pretty much shoot according to the storyboard. And so for the editor, it, might, it could be a little frustrating because um, they have no opportunity to shuffle shots around or try different things. But, you know, even then, you know, there are so many things that we can still figure out within what I've, within the footage that I've shot. There's always, you know, these cracks for new and creative decisions to be made. Um, just one other thing I wanted to go back to with the, uh, what I, uh, about the script actually one of the things I really love is that uh, some of the plotting just comes through um, 
you know, kind of situations almost like a farce. But I like that some of the plotting comes out of character choices. Like one thing I really like about it is that the uh, the con goes off perfectly because um, uh, Mr. Park and his wife refused. Um, they don't want any confrontations with the staff. And I love that it, the whole thing could be solved very easily if they actually confronted the driver about the panties. But instead they just dismiss him without it saying why he's even fired. And a similar thing happens to the housekeeper where she's very quickly dismissed and dismissed so quickly she can't go down and rescue her husband. And I love that the sort of like some of the thriller dynamics of it come from sort of like very astute character decisions. 그그 말씀하신 부분이 되게 코미디면서도 되게 슬픈 부분인데 사실 그 집에서 그렇게 일하는 뭐 하우스키퍼나 뭐 드라이버를 해고할 때 정말 쉬운 거예요. 그러니까 예를 들어 당신의 A가 마, 마음에 안 들어서 뭐 해고하고 연다 그러면은 아그 A를 시정하겠습니다. 근데 그게 아니라 그냥 내일부터 나오지 마세요라고 하는 거예요. 이유를 설명할 필요도 없는 거고. 네. So the point that you made, it's all—it's very funny, but it's also very sad at the same time because it's so easy to fire housekeepers and drivers and people who work um, in your home. You know, they—they can be like, "I—I want to fire you because I don't like." this thing about you and they have no opportunity to say then I will fix it they're just you know the rich family they're just like just don't uh, don't come to work tomorrow 그 하우스키퍼 그 문광을 해고할 때는 도대체 무슨 얘기를 무슨 핑계를 대고 잘랐는지 영화에서 안 보이잖아요 생략돼 있어요 그래서 그 연교 그 부잣집 아줌마 그 주부 그 배우랑 한번 서로 얘기를 해본 적도 있어요 뭐라고 얘기를 했을까요 그냥 그래서 궁극의 답은 뭐 내일부터는 제가 집안일 하려고요. 이렇게 말하면 그냥 끝인 거다. 다른 이유가 없는 벗어날 수 없는 그런 um, so because you don't see um, what the rich housekeeper tells the original uh, the you never see in the film what the rich housewife tells the original housekeeper when she fires her. So the actor, actress who played Yeonggyo, the rich housewife, we actually had a discussion on what she might have said. And the ultimate answer we came to is that she probably just said, I'll do the housework from tomorrow on. She had she has no reason to give her an actual excuse. I like that the, the, they um, pontificate on that the other driver must have gone on to another job because they actually they make a point of thinking about him and that he's probably okay because they say like 500 people will apply for one security position. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting is that they actually sort of they, they stop to think about the people that they've um, you know kind of bumped out of the frame. 그게 정말 뭐 어느 정도까지 진심으로 걱정을 한 건지 아니면 괜히 이 사람들이 또 정당화하는 거에 천재니까 괜히 술 마시다 한 번쯤 그런 얘기를 해야 자기들이 좀 속이 편할 것 같아서 그런 건지 얼마큼 진심인지는 알 수는 없죠. 어쨌든 그런 말을 하긴 하는 건데. 예. So you never really know how sincere they are in expressing those concerns. They are in the end geniuses of justifying themselves. I feel like they would have to say it at one point while drinking so that they feel better. So it's impossible to know how how you know if they really mean it or not. Um, I think we have to wrap up soon. Are we, are we take are we going to take any questions from the audience or we're not going to take any questions from the audience. <laughs> If you had a really good question, tough shit. Um, but um, listen, uh, I think we have to wrap up. Uh, um, and I just want to say um, thank you to Director Bong for coming here straight from the airport, pretty much. And congratulations on another amazing film.
Congratulations on the success around the world. And somehow you look five years younger than when I last saw you. So congratulations to that as well. Um, Bong Joon-ho. Thank you to Bong Joon-ho and, of course, Edgar Wright as well. If you want to hear our in-depth exploration of Parasite, look no further than the podcast episode below this one in your feed. Soon on the podcast, we'll be talking to even more fantastic guests, as well as taking a wide look at Celine Scammer's stunning fourth feature, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's been so metaphorical. See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.